Hey Warriors, this is Amy. And this is Sarah. And you're listening to the Unqualified Therapist Zinc. our bonus episode this week about the events that occurred in real time. I feel like it was a good way for us to process and hopefully for you as well and to have some people on who had a little bit more knowledge than we would normally. I think that we're all still processing and figuring it out and in a small way I think that what we're talking about today is an extension of that. Trying to make sense. Try to make sense of things that we've been living through mostly for the past eight Four years. God, four years. it was only four. It was only four, and it feels like it was a decade. Holy shit, it was only four. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So, welcome back. We are so happy that you are here. We are together this evening, but we are also videotaping. So, those of you on <laughs> Patreon, you get to check it out. Unedited. Yes, as always. As always. Mm-hmm. So, we have, um, yeah. So, how are you today, Miss Sarah? Today was a hard day for both of us. Yeah. My my trouble today was parenting. Mm-hmm. I have struggled to know how to parent. I mean, I think that everybody has that kind of feeling, but I always go back and forth between, you know, I don't want to yell at my kids. I don't want to be that crazy yeller, you know, right. because it's they don't listen. Right. I know that. Like, they shut down. They don't listen. So I've tried very hard to be quiet and take it at a time and, and still, by no means am I not punishing my children. Trust me. They're, right. you know, right. being disciplined. I think you're very disciplined. But I do try to do it in a calmer way. And today I lost all of the calm. My child was screaming like a banshee and like an uncontrolled parent. I matched that. Yeah. And I feel guilty about it in some ways. And in some ways I don't because I saw <laughs> I saw a look of change come over his eyes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Almost Where like he was he like. He was like, oh, shit. She crazier than me. Yep. And I said to him, you think, what did I say? I was like, you think dad is like the bad guy and that I'm like your buddy. And I was like, I'm about to become your worst nightmare. Oh my gosh. Because I was like, I will be up your ass every second of every day, making sure that you are doing what you're supposed to do. There is going to be no more of taking advantage of me. And I just, yeah, I just lost it. And so in some ways I'm, I feel guilty because I don't want to yell. And I know that that's not the most effective way to do it, but man, did it get his attention. So I don't know. I'm wow. not. I'm not going to make it a habit. That's. And how would not, you but. say you are now? Because that wasn't long ago. I'm stressed the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, the two of you. Oh, the two of us. Yeah. Oh no, I am not. Ha- he is. He is being very um, kind. He is being very respectful. He has apologized. He was crying. I'm so sorry, mommy. I'm so sorry. And I think that it's interesting that this is what happened today because I feel like it's going to go a lot into what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Even though he's a child and is not, that's just what children do. Mm-hmm. They don't intentionally try to, man, like, well, I was going to say manipulate, but I think there's a little bit of that, oh, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I don't think they intentionally try to be on the abusive side of things. Right. But sometimes, and I don't, you know, I don't know if other parents feel this way, but sometimes I feel like I'm in an abusive relationship with my kids and, and not me being abusive to them. Them, them being me. abusive, abusive and, to me. And, and I think that, and I've talked, to, I think I've talked about it on here before. I talk about it a lot. I'm very aware that I'm very easy on my kids. Mm-hmm. And it's just fully because of their dad dying. Right. I don't know when I'm going to get over that, but like you're I not going to get over. I do. It. I get beat the fuck up by both of them. Yeah, and I'm just like, huh? And yeah. I just like take it because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I can control a classroom of 25, but like my little one is just so difficult. Parenting's hard for both of us. We, mm-hmm. Neither Sarah and I are. Um, I don't even know. Maybe creatives aren't built to be parents. I just think that <laughs> I know, right? I think that what we're dealing with that no one's equipped to deal with. I The more I thought about it, and that's what I texted you today. I was like, I'm not equipped to deal with this. And then I thought, no one is. Like, no, no one is equipped to deal with no this. No one is. And and the, the fact that you're reflecting mm-hmm. really says a lot about your parenting already. You know, the fact that you're reflecting. Somebody could, like, spaz out at their kid mm-hmm. and then just, like, move along. Yeah. And not yeah. think about next time, not right. think about like, was, you know, what, what I said, was it okay? Mm-hmm. Was it um, appropriate? A big thing that Mike and I have been discussing, or I've actually been discussing with him that I, and this is going to go with the four agreements when we read that. Mm-hmm. I don't like to tell my kids they're bad or being bad. Right. No. And I never do that. I know. Mike has a tendency to do that. And it's really hard mm. for me to hear because it's like, you're making bad choices. Yes. Like we mm-hmm. have to shift that. Yeah. And that's about the only thing I know about parenting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that. Bleh. Yeah. We're, so, we're not the yeah. experts. That's for sure. But I mean, I agree with you. I don't ever use like you're bad or, or whatever. I'll say like the choice, like the choices that you are making right now yeah. are very questionable. And he'll say some things to me like, um, do you think I'm a bad boy? And I always say no. I think you are a kind boy. I think you are a huge hearted boy. And, you know, we say all these things and he'll say, why are you so upset with me? And I said, because I think you're a kind boy and and I think you're a huge hearted boy and you're not acting like one. Yeah. I said, I expect more from you. And that is, I think that's a, that's a much better way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to try for because I have to come to the middle a little bit. I have to Mm -hmm. be more disciplined specifically with Avery because otherwise it's going to be a real long road. (laughs) Yeah. Amy, I don't know what I would do in your shoes. I have no idea. I know. I know. I don't know either. So, yeah, that's why I struggle with that. I just feel like they've been broken so hard that... Yeah. And I know kids need discipline. I know they need structure. And all of these things I understand. But if you haven't gone through what I've gone through, like, back the fuck up. Yeah, keep it to yourself. Yeah, keep it to yourself. Because it's a different feeling. It's a very different feeling to... (laughs) Don't at me. Be the only parent... (laughs) because of death and not because of a divorce or whatever, right. you know. It's very different so, circumstance. Yeah. So um, how are you doing today? I think I talk a lot on here about mental health and my mental health and my mental illness, but it's always like in a distance. Mm-hmm. I was this way or this, that, and the other. I don't know if this would be, I guess this is my anxiety. This has happened to me since I was 18. There is no rhyme or reason. There can be a trigger, but there doesn't have to be. And and maybe this happens to some of you out there and you don't even know how to name it because I don't really know. But you are so irritable and agitated that you can literally feel the blood mm-hmm. 
going through your veins and it's hot. Yeah. You feel like you're going to jump out of your fucking skin. Yeah. And everything is irritating, mm-hmm. whether it's worthy of irritation or not. It is so annoying. And I was like, what is happening? Like, why is it? And it was, it was a multitude of things as I look back and I was trying to reflect on it, like what, what triggered it? Definitely something did trigger it. It was just a bunch of things that I don't need to go into right now because it's like all the little things that we all deal with every day. Right. One of them being that like I don't have it in me to play with Avery and mm-hmm. I feel like a shit mom. I, I, I hear you. Because of that, you mm-hmm. know, and so I was internalizing that, you know, probably the fact I have to go to my job I don't like tomorrow. Probably the fact that I can't seem to get like shit organized and the laundry never ends. I don't know. I'm thinking that might have been it, but it was ragey. I was really, really ragey and I probably would have lost my shit on a stranger. Mm-hmm. I took a Xanax, didn't touch it. Mm-hmm. That that hardly ever happens. Yeah. But I was like, I was still boiling and I was so, so. And here's another very easy, tangible thing to understand when you're feeling this way is that I had on jeans and there, I was like, there's no freaking oh, way. take those off, girl. Because every <laughs> little touch and yeah. every time it like, mm-hmm. and, I, and so I was like, I'm putting on sweatpants. I don't even care. Everything was so like, and I don't want to be hugged. I don't want to be touched. I don't want you to sit near me. I don't want you to breathe because it all irritates me so bad. Yeah. And it has, it has since passed. Because I'm here doing something that I love and I've had a drink and Mm -hmm. I'm like in a much chiller spot. But I have to say like that is one of the scariest times. I don't feel like I'm in control at all. Yeah. I think I just wanted to talk about it because I forget that it even happens. And so if there's anyone out there who feels that way sometimes, just know that you're not alone. Right. I don't know how many other people feel this way, but at least one right here. (laughs) Two. (laughs) Two. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, The blood boiling and the jumping out of the skin, I would say, are like your telltale signs of just It doesn't even make sense. The irritability, the intense irritability. Oh, it's so intense. So I only know this because I've researched the crap out of it because I was having, I was having frequent anxiety attacks and there's a difference between panic attacks and anxiety attacks. Mm. So I've had a couple of panic attacks. Okay. Those are scary as fuck. That's like when you're dying. When you feel like you're dying. Yeah. Like you literally Mm -hmm. feel like you're dying. They come out of nowhere. You can't convince anybody or yourself or anybody that you're not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Randy, God bless him. He's so calm in those types of situations. He helps me, but he still doesn't know what to say. So the first thing is that, like, you got to take a deep breath. You've got to take a deep breath. You've got to call. And I'm like, I, I literally can't even say the words. I can't do that right now. Yeah. So that's call 911. Yes, exactly. There was the first time it happened to me, I said, call 911. I think I'm having a heart attack. I think I'm dying. I've gone to the hospital three times for a panic attack. Really? Because it's so Once scary. Once in an ambulance. Yeah. It's I scary. I was convinced. Mm-hmm. So if you ever have a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to you. You're not alone, first of all. Um, and two, it is a valid and legit thing to think that you're dying. Yeah. So that is a panic attack. Anxiety attack is sort of, it's what you described, mm. where you just feel like you can't, you just cannot control the feelings that are happening in your body. So it's I didn't an, even know that's what, uh, thank you for putting a name yeah. to it. It's an anxiety attack. So you yeah. had an anxiety attack today. They can last longer. Yes. Because their symptoms aren't as in, 
I don't want to say, well, no, but you can, you can, I was able to drive a car. Right. I was like, well, maybe if I get out of the house and Mm -hmm. run an errand, you know, I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. Where in a panic attack, you never be able to do that. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a little, um, so I don't want to say less intense. We're going to say panic attacks are a little, are more debilitating than an anxiety attack. So an anxiety attack, you can still kind of, kind of function, Mm -hmm. but you're not functioning at a normal level. You're not functioning to do anything more than being there. Yes. This happens to me kind of on like a, like every three days or so. Oh, shit. (laughs) Um, This is why I just don't have, I don't have control over my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying really hard to. But this is why I don't like Xanax. I, I do like it. Let me, first of all, let me just take that back. I do like it because it does make me feel a certain way. You know, it does bring like a melty calm over you almost. Yeah. It, it basically, to me, it makes my blood stop boiling. Yes. What I don't like about it for me personally, and I don't know if everybody has this response, but physiologically, mm-hmm. it makes me super tired. Oh, me too. To a point where then I can't function and I'm just done. So this is a this is a t- whole different episode that we'll do, but that is why I got my medical marijuana card, even though at the time anxiety was not one of the reasons. So I used my chronic back pain, which I do have, by the way, it is not a lie. Um, but anxiety was the number one reason I wanted medical marijuana. Well, they so the first time I got my card, it was for my back. Mm-hmm. Then they approved anxiety; mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they hadn't before, and right. so. I have the letter from my psychiatrist. I need to do it because you're absolutely right. Basically, Xanax puts you in a coma. Mm-hmm. You're just like, uh, right. like you can't work, you can't drive, you Mm-mm. can't do anything at all. And I don't want to be that way, but I also, in a, in a pinch, I don't want to. Yeah. And here's what sucks about, oh, this is a whole other topic, I understand that, but my... She gets me like 50, 60 in a bottle or something. Mm-hmm. $2. I know. Yep. It's it's so cheap. $2. It's so cheap. And then a lot of times I do think when I go think about getting my card again, I'm like, oh my God, it's so expensive. It this is. This is $2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't leave the dispensary without spending over $100 every single time. No, it would be impossible. But that's like on the low end. Mm-hmm. I typically spend over $200. Yeah. Now I do try to get myself a longer... Because I'll do it when I've got some extra money. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a little bit more so that when I don't have any money, I don't have to worry about yeah. it. I've kind of got this backstash. Yeah. So I do try to do that. But that's what's so sad about it. And, yeah, we'll talk a lot um, about we, – Yeah, we can do a whole – we'll do a whole episode yes. on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take it in a different direction. Yeah. Go. And uh, Did you watch Bridgerton? I didn't, but I've seen so many people post about it. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> so, um, I fast forward if you don't want to hear any spoilers. Cause, you know, <laughs> oh, you're going to spoil it for me. There's really no spoiling to be okay. done. Okay. I mean, honestly, I just don't think there is. Um, yeah. And people were raving about it, right? And I'm like, is this like Fifty Shades good? Like, where mm-hmm. are we at here? Um, the story was incredible. I love the story. I don't know exactly what year it took place in, but it reminds me of like um, Downton, Abbey. Downton Abbey, similar time frame. Mm-hmm. I'm sure someone's going to correct us and tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. That's okay. So it is. It is about romance in one storyline. I would say, in particular, that everybody's in love with this one actor, and he is fine. Yeah. Like he is smoking. You know. And I think when we do our human sexuality podcast, I will discuss how I still feel that the woman's sexuality was not appropriately described, portrayed. You tried, but no. You failed. That is still not how that shit works. But go on. (laughs) on, Unless I'm broken. 
Um, Stop it. But I will tell you this story. So, okay, there's a line where he says, he says very intensely to her on their their honeymoon or whatever. He goes something like, (laughs) I want you to burn for me as much as I burn for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Okay, so someone has taken that and then made TikToks out of it. Oh, no. So we're riding in the car the, to, yesterday, and Lily goes to me. She goes, you know, Mom, that you don't want to be with someone who doesn't burn for you the way you burn for them. Oh, I go, no. <laughs> I was like, Lily Grace, I told you not to watch Bridgerton. What are you doing? Like, I told you not to watch it because it is a little intense like, yeah. for that. And she was like, I didn't, Mom. They, there's a whole thing on TikTok about burning for someone. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, well, then that's fine. I'm going to tell you exactly what that means. And I embarrassed the shit out of her. (laughs) She was like, I will never, ever say that again or anything like that. Oh, my God. And and so I would just keep going. It was hilarious. I love embarrassing my children. It's my favorite pastime. I mean, it was it was really really funny. That was uh, that was a funny moment, along with my whole gray sweatpants season's debacle. Does anybody know what that is? Anybody listening? <laughs> we are old. So I don't think it's because we're old. Yeah, it's not an age thing. Okay, you know what? It's not an age Here's thing. Here's why it's not an age thing because I messaged my twenty something friends. Uh huh. No clue. And they didn't know what it was. No. And my I think it's more of a male thing. I don't think so either. There are some, there are lots of women. Because my male friends knew what it was. Did they? With the exception of my husband. He didn't know what it was. Um, But he also doesn't go to the gym very often. To clarify, for those of you who didn't, don't know, like we didn't know, it is apparently, um, so at the gym. I didn't know it had to do with the gym. The men wear. It has to do with the gym? Well, okay, so that's how it was explained to me. So it could just be in winter time. When it's cold outside. Fall, winter. Fall, winter. Guys will wear gray sweatpants to accentuate their bulge. Because black sweatpants are, like, sl- slimming. You can't see it. Yes. So they wear the gray sweatpants. So it then has, it has a little shadow effect. Yeah. So then I had a follow-up question of, mm-hmm. well, what's they wear in the spring and summer? And they were like, the guys all at the same time go, basketball shorts. Oh, that's even worse. And I was like, oh. Basketball yeah. shorts blow gray sweatpants out of the water <laughs> if you want to see some things. <laughs> And another thing that my friend Kate and I were discussing is like, who wants to see that? I know. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I learned and I know now and I still don't quite agree, but to each their own, you go, you go for it. Exactly. We had a lot to talk about today. So after the events of this week, really it was at the Black Lives Matter movement when that began. Mm-hmm. So really this week wasn't really my turning point, but I feel like it's a lot of other people's turning points mm-hmm. where the question that I want to ask myself, and and here's the thing, I don't agree, and I said this on whatever Tuesday, that I need to have all like-minded people in my world. You know, we should have differing opinions and views, but it just isn't that way anymore. You can't just say I'm not going to talk about politics because it's not politics. It's human decency and human rights. I have yet to find someone that I can talk to with differing opinions that can have a conversation. Right, and that's what we're going to talk about today, um, specifically, because why can't we have that conversation and what occurs and how do you, why do you always walk out of it so confused and befuddled? Mm -hmm. But I said, am I complicit in this behavior? And that behavior would be racism, uh, white power, white privilege. If I, even though I differ on those views with a friend acquaintance, 
and I decide to avoid the topic. That's my biggest question. Because so, if the topic comes up, you and I will both argue it. Oh, hell yeah. We will stand up for it. We are there. We are mm-hmm. here for it. We will give it our best to back it. You know, the question is, do we avoid it altogether? And is that is that being complicit, right? Right. Well, okay. and, is, and is it complicit for me to keep that relationship? Because if you talk to a lot of black leaders, which um, I have in the education world followed and talked to on mm-hmm. DM, they would say, absolutely, you have to get rid of them. Yeah. Family members. They're like, don't. But how do you how do you continue to have that? Because then we're just talking to people who were preaching uh, and, to the and choir. I, and I hear what you're saying, and I get that, and I wouldn't disagree with you. I definitely agree. It's just that if you are sitting next to someone on Thanksgiving who is a racist, yeah, and you're not, I guess, calling them out on their shit would be the way, the only way you could do it. But yeah. then that's like, we'll, we'll talk about where that goes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I said. I said we need friends and people in our lives who don't think like us. Yeah. But to what end? Again, I always use like fiscally conservative. Mm-hmm. If that's your thing and taxes and you want to discuss that and explain to me how all of the, you know, other ways that I believe finances should should be dealt out, mm-hmm. we can have that conversation. Sure. Or maybe we can't. Is it all based into such like I, I deep, mean, deep, deep rooted white privilege? I really don't know. And I think that I have to like really... Oh, there. I mean, you know, there were so many people that said, if you thought this was good or you thought this was okay, unfriend me. I'm not sure that I can that I can have those people in my life because if I'm not calling you out on your racism, then I do believe that I'm also okay. Like I'm being racist. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I t- I totally do. It's the, I think the whole thing comes down to if it's not brought up, do we bring it up? Hmm. Because then. If we bring it up, we have the responsibility to defend our statements and to state what we believe in and to have a reasonable, logical conversation. However. <laughs> however. Yes. However. And this is a fantastic segue. <laughs> tonight we're going to be, t- and I want to make it clear too, that we're not only going to discuss politics because this I know. Is, this happens in relationships. It Sarah does. and I have both experienced this to a deep degree mm-hmm. in our personal relationships. Yes. I've, I've experienced all of this in platonic relationships as yes. well as romantic relationships. Yes. So it can occur, it can occur. It can occur either way. Either way. It doesn't have to be somebody that you're romantically involved yes, with. Yes, absolutely. So I just want to make it clear that we are going to be talking about more of a broad topic because I know you guys are probably like, Jesus Christ, girls, just make this a political <laughs> talk show. <laughs> Again. But. It's mental not health, politics. It's not people. politics. It is human rights. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to put that out there as the discussion yes. disclaimer. So it's something that both of us have been talking about for a few weeks about, okay, we want to have this conversation yes. in this podcast about gaslighting specifically. That was mm-hmm. the, the one specifically mm-hmm. we were going towards. And then all of these arguments came up after Wednesday. I had posted a plea during the event. So it was it was still going on. It was about 2.30 in the afternoon, 3.30. No, it was longer. It was like 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon because the National Guard had like had not even shown up yet and it was still later into it. So I had posted this plea on Instagram with pictures already that had come out. People were already putting up pictures of this disaster and the craziness that was going on in the Capitol. And I had tagged Donald Trump and I said, stop this now. Do something. Spoiler alert, he wrote back to her. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Sorry. It's just getting a little heavy. Yeah. All right, go. So (laughs) 
He would never fucking write back to me. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know. He might. He might because he gets so worked up I know. and he gets so angry that he just goes he after like, That's whoever. Sarah Simone. Yeah. He'd be like, I don't know. Just some chick in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's like, oh, you're horrible. We have the most beautiful thing going on in the Capitol. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> so anyways, I sent this, I sent this message on Instagram or I posted on Instagram and I had a few responses from people that immediately went to, why didn't you say anything during the Black Lives Matter protests? Where were you then? Why weren't you speaking out against the violence that was happening during those protests? Okay. So number one, the, the reason I, I did but I didn't speak out in the manner that they were hoping for. Right. Um, and that's, you know, the first problem. And second of all, my biggest thing was what is with the distraction? Why are they trying to talk about something that's not even relevant to what's going on right now? And it's and I see it in so many people's comments thread mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. where they go yep immediately yeah so then i started thinking back on like facebook arguments that i've seen people get you know mm-hmm. you get lost in the the whole you're reading yeah. all of the threads you go down the rabbit hole you're reading these people's arguments back and forth then you start in then somebody starts mm-hmm. responding to you so then you're sitting there for this happened to randy the other night I, it was like one o'clock in the morning i'm like babe just put it down he's like i can't <laughs> yeah He's like, I feel like I have a responsibility to like. That was like Scott's favorite pastime. Yeah. Well, we both hate it. It makes us so angry. I hate angry. doing it. I hate it. it. And it, it fires us both mm-hmm. up to a point where it's not good and we both dislike it. And so we don't do it very often. Yeah. So I don't think Randy had done it since like the summertime. But mm-hmm. he was, so he was like doing it again. And anyway, this is the argument that comes back is, and you know, they're like, well, it was crickets from you. And it was just really frustrating because if you follow me on Instagram, you know that that's entirely not true. Right. <laughs> or you follow me on Facebook, entirely not true. I actually post more about politics than I probably, I don't want to say should, but. It's just become part of being, it's not just politics anymore. It's part of our lives. It's part yeah. of being a human. Mm-hmm. And, and how you treat other humans. Yeah, and I think that's why I can't stop posting exactly. about it. Because it's it's not Democratic or Republican. Because no. I would I would even say, you know, I don't feel like this has anything to do with my party whatsoever or your party whatsoever. What it is is that there are people that are being treated with injustice and it's not right. And somebody needs to do something. Right. So anyways, this is what got us started. So I started researching because I didn't know there was a word for it. Mm-hmm. Of course, I know about gaslighting. Like, that's something that I've known about for a while because I've been in... But not everyone does. And so that's why I was excited to talk about yeah. this today because not everyone knows that word, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I researched it when I was in a in a, in a relationship that made me look start looking up things. <laughs> right. So anyways, I was looking up an, an, an argument. I'm Googling. Is there a word for when people use distraction as an argument? Mm. So I Googled that because I didn't know how else to look this up. And what came up was a Latin term called ignoratio elenchi. And don't come at me because I looked up how to say it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it means mistaken refutation. That's the Latin. I think it literally means um, ignorance of refutation. But uh, the easier way to kind of understand that is mistaken refutation. So this ignoratio elenchi was the first thing that I started really diving into. And there's a few different definitions. Uh, It's misdirection in an argument rather than a weak response. So it's when somebody doesn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And so they just come back with something that doesn't have anything to do with it. But it's, but may also be a relevant argument. Yeah. It may be something that is factual. It yeah. may be something that is relevant to talk about, but it has nothing to do with what's going on in this argument. Right. Um, number two, it's also described as missing the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and a disconnect in the argument. So that's why I think this explanation of it is that people may not necessarily know that they're doing this or are intentionally doing it. It's kind of like an automatic response. Mm. Their brain is like, don't know what to say about that, but wait a second, hold on, this was bad. Yeah. And this came from them, so I'm just going to spit that out. So that's kind of my thought process on it. But I also think that it is incredibly intentional in other areas too. So I think there are people who intentionally use it and people who don't intentionally use it. And then when I was looking this up, two other terms came up for me. Um, Red herring, which I looked into as well, and straw man, which I did not, but Amy did. So she's going to tell us about that. Um, And then gaslighting was something that we had intended to talk about and felt like all of these things sort of go together and can be experienced in all types of different relationships. Yeah, yeah. And I think that when I went in for my research, I really was trying to understand the difference Mm -hmm. um, between the two. So gaslighting versus red herring. Well, put that in Google because nothing comes up except for something on Reddit. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, you know, gaslighting is always intentional. Absolutely. But, it is meant, it is a again, manipulation. Again, I don't know because when I read the 10 types of gaslighting, I think to myself, shit, I've done this. I do this. Mm-hmm. But it's unintentional. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that mean it's not gaslighting? I think with gaslighting, if, if I'm going to explain it in my own terms, it's an ultimate mind fuck. Yeah, it is. It is a thousand percent best way to talk about it. That's the best way to say it. You walk in during and after you're like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. And you're so confused and you don't know which way is up that you're just like, okay, yeah, they're right. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's, it's ridiculous. And it is used, so the, the definition for it too, I was, so I'm going to give you my references on this with Psychology Today, um, from an article from January 22nd, 2017, that it's a tactic in which a person or entity in order to gain power makes a victim question their reality. So that to me is a very intentional thing. And so I think when we do some of those things unintentionally and we're only doing one yeah. of them or never mean to do this to someone It's truly to question their sanity. That you want them to question their own sanity. Absolutely. And just like I said, a mindfuck where you're like, what Mm -hmm. just happened? Mm -hmm. So it's deliberate attempt to deceive someone into questioning their own perception of reality. Yeah, so that's intentional. So then red herring, so ignoratio elenchi could be intentional, could not be. Gaslighting is... Red herring fallacy is an attempt to mislead or distract from the relevant topic. And it's used a lot in all kinds of different areas. It's really changing the subject is what it is. Mm -hmm. A great example is when Trump was asked about grabbing them by the pussy. Mm -hmm. He says one thing about it. It's locker room talk. It's locker room talk. And then he says... But what about ISIS drowning people in cages? And ISIS, and you know, our country, and then he just starts in this like long ass shit about how he's gonna fight ISIS, you know? And so you've completely changed the subject. Yeah. And you've talked so much about this horrible thing that 90% of the people are like, I don't remember even the reason why we're here, like the fact that you. So changing the subject, that's one part of being of a red herring, diverting the attention from the real issue. Mm -hmm. Deflecting. Yeah. Which was a lot of what I was seeing in comments that were coming back. Oh, yes. Your comment. Yes, absolutely. It was that deflecting or diverting. But they do it in such a way that it's, it, like you said, it's factual. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to believe that in your mind, because your mind does play tricks on you. Your mind is like, well, mm-hmm. that is true. Mm-hmm. But that's that has nothing to do with what I said. But maybe it does. And I don't understand. Right. And now you're all messed now up. Now you're all turned around. And that's exactly what they want to do. And so 
In my research, they called the queen of this, Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> she was the queen of all of it. Not just gaslighting, not just red herring, every single one. Mm-hmm. And I watched some of her videos back. She invented the word alternative facts. Like, she invented that term. And I was, like, watching the interview where she did it. She's like, oh, no, that's just alternative facts. You mean it's fucking not true? <laughs> but she... <laughs> Because I'm sitting here thinking to my, I'm, as you're saying this, I'm like, if I were to, ha- if somebody put alternative facts in front of me and said, define this, what? Like, I don't know. What is that? That's it's facts is one word. That's hard, cold evidence that can be proven. Alternative d- doesn't have anything to do with that word. So it's funny that that's how you thought of it. Because when I heard alternative facts and I was going to be, I was like, oh yeah, as if it was just a thing. Basically, she did it to me. Like I would, uh-huh. I just believed like that it was a thing. That's uh-huh. just alternative facts, and really, it's just a lie. Uh-huh. Like an alternative fact would be that he won by a landslide. That the crowd at the inauguration was the loudest and biggest in history. Okay, those are not alternative facts. Those are lies. But, she, but because she called them that, the, those are like proven to be incorrect. Right, but it, but because of the well, way loudest she, and loudest crowd. Like, how do you prove that? Right, it's just stupid. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like for her base, they were like, "Well, that sounds right." Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's sure, an alter, it's an alternative fact. Sure. And when you listen to the Daily Show, like interview Trumpsters on the street, God, they're I always they're always like, "What's well, an alternative fact?" And they're like, eh. <laughs> "I Same don't know." Fact. Yeah, I don't think that's oh. a thing. Because, okay, so the first thing I'm thinking, too, is I, you know, I have this business and my tagline is alternative therapies. Mm. And the reason I chose that is because traditional therapy is one thing. This is another option to choose mm-hmm. for therapy. So you're you're saying that you're giving another option to choose for fact? <laughs> like that to me is like. <laughs> but do you see how it blows your brain? And yes. you're just like, but if you were to, and Kelly and Conway is so smart. I would, I would never want to go up. With, I would never want to interview. I would never. Right. Because she would be able to. she destroy us. Destroy me. <laughs> and it wouldn't even be with anything about what I was talking about. Yeah. But at the same time, I would, I read the whole interview today where she, you know, where she introduced it to the world. And I was like, I don't even know where we started. Right. I'm pretty sure so much so that people decided not to have her on anymore. Wow. I, I think I read that today. Yeah. Hmm. She's just full of shit. Yeah. Another reason I was, like, super excited about this is, I again, because of the result of what was happening on Wednesday, I watched the Scientology documentary on Netflix with Leah Remini. Mm-hmm. Because That's I a good kind one. of wanted to understand mm-hmm. more of the psychology the behind cult. the cult mentality. Yeah. It was so interesting. I was trying to compare some of these things, thinking back on what I watched on there. The You know, connecting, like, red herring to Scientology and the gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Gaslighting is absolutely 100% they use it. And we'll talk more about what that is because yes. I do know that there's people out there that don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're going to define all these. We were just kind of giving a brief, like, what's the difference? Um, so Scientology, though, I felt like they used it in, Leah was talking about how once you got to a certain level of their awareness, whatever it is, and you do this by paying thousands I, of dollars I know, I, I love, to take classes. I didn't know any of this. Or to just sit with someone in a room. It's called auditing. An audit. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you pay thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. to take these classes. You have to buy these books, which cost thousands of dollars. And then you get to these certain levels of awareness in the church. They'll go back and say, so if somebody's getting too high and they're about to reach that top level and they're not going to have to spend any more money, they'll go back and say, hey, 
look, we revamped. You're on level 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We revamped level 16. You need to go back. So you're at your own cost. You're going to need to go back to level 16 and take 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 again. So then you're setting them back years. Millions of dollars by the time everything is said and done. I just was astounded by that. So anyways, I feel like that's a red herring a little bit, wouldn't you? Or how would you de- define that? Which one would you choose for something like for that tactic? Because people did it. People did it. I feel like that's gaslighting because I feel like you are confusing them to make them feel, or just straight manipulation. Yeah. I'm not sure. I was kind of thinking it was a mixture of gaslighting and red herring because they were saying, hey, over here, look, um, you need to spend more money. Yeah. And do this. But this is why, because we revamped it. It's it's new information. You're going to learn so much more and you're going to be ahead all of these of all these other people. I guess it can happen anywhere. And to bring it back, I think that if I and, I, and I'm not, I don't know enough to answer my own question is if I could, what I would want is I would want to have the, the skills to have a conversation with someone who does not believe in the same things I believe, where I feel like it's a back and forth. Like you're not you know, like back and forth where we both leave, like we just disagree with each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I, yes. But you know what you, you did, you did explain point A, B and C. Yes. And they're like, okay, I just don't agree with you, mm-hmm. but you explain these things mm-hmm. to me. And just so you know, Sarah and I have tried really to get people on here who do not um, think like we do. So if you are one of those people, you know someone who's willing to do that, we, appre- we would really appreciate it. So I think let's dive into gaslighting. Okay. I think to, to really, because these other two are kind of self-explanatory, even though I'd never heard the term ignoratio elenchi, but And there's lots of them, guys, because yes. there's whataboutism. And literally that all that is is, is what about, uh-huh. but what about, mm-hmm. but what about, and that's something that's, that's red herring to me though. It's yeah. I think it's yeah. under a red herring. Yeah, absolutely. We watched a movie today. We did. It was old. It was old. Um, uh, it was old as fuck, man. It was old. <laughs> at first, at first when it came on, there was no talking and I uh-huh. was like, oh shit, is this one of those silent <laughs> films? I know because they don't talk for a while in For a this. while. And I don't know if it was a, like, directing choice or something, but it was a good long time. But they mm-hmm. were – it was really kind of cool. I'm watching this as from, like, a cinematography, like, yeah. stuff, you know, whatever. And I'm like, this is a kind of a, a choice, like a director's yes. choice. You know, they're, they're setting up the story by showing this man strangling this older woman. Yes. And then ransacking her house looking for something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, so there's no, no verbs. Verbs? Verbage. There's, there's no verbage. Verbage. Words. I'm, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> that was so dumb. Um, anyways, and then they show, I thought this was so clever. They And this is, like, totally off topic. This has nothing to do with what we're trying to talk about. But in terms of, like, explaining the story, I thought it was really clever how they showed the passage of time by planting this baby tree in the park across the street. And then coming back, they just, like, faded into the tree being a good couple decades older. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, I see. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's on Prime Video if anyone yes. wants to check it out. And it's called Gaslight. And that is where that the is where the term, term came, came from. from. Was this mm-hmm. movie? It was, and and I I it was a play first. Was it? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. So it was either 1940 or 1944. I couldn't find it. I thought 40. And then like 30 some 34 was the play, the play. I think. I thought they did a good job. Mm. Well, obviously, if that's where it came from, yeah. then that makes all the sense. It does. But when I think of gaslighting, what was occurring in there is exactly what I think of. 
Right. Uh, so it's, oh, it's 1938 for the play and 44 for the film. 44 for the film. Okay. I was wrong on both ends. So th- there is a husband and he manipulates his wife into basically thinking that she's losing her mind. Mm-hmm. That she has a mental illness and that she is unwell and unable to, you know, go outside or mm-hmm. unable to... Do just basically anything, anything without him. Without him. And, you know, doing things like hiding pieces of jewelry or taking um, a painting off the wall and then blaming her and getting really upset with her about it when he's done it all along. I didn't get to this part in the movie, but something about dimming their gas fuel lights. Yeah, so so he owned the house. He bought the house with her money. That's right, I did, yeah. But then he leased the house next door with her money as well, and he would take everything that he bought from, or bought, that he took from the house from her. And put it over there. And put it over there. So when he would go over there to hide these pieces... He would turn on the gas lamps, and when he would turn the gas lamps on on the property next to them, it would dim the lights in their property. So she would be like, what's going on? Why are the lights? And then about 10 or 15 minutes after those lights would go dim, he would come back. She noticed this, and she swore that someone was upstairs in the home, too. Mm -hmm. And because I think what it was is that the property next door was was the top two floors of maybe the home that she was in. in So she could hear him in there. And um, so she was, you know, saying to the maids that they had in the home, do you hear that? Do you hear that? And then it, when the maid would listen, she wouldn't hear anything, but the, the wife would hear, Bella would hear it. So he would come back and then he would hide this painting, the same painting over and over again. And he's like, do you know where it is? Do you know where it is? She's like, I didn't take it. But she w- went and found it and pulled it right out right away. Mm-hmm. And he said, how did you know that? And she said, because that's where you hid it twice before. Right. Right. Or where it was, where we found it twice mm-hmm. before. So he does all of this, you know, convincing her that she's losing it. He cuts off contact, which I thought was very clever. I don't know if you noticed this or if you got to this part in the movie. I did watch the whole thing. Her cousin that she lived with in Devonshire, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'm saying that right. I didn't see that part. Um, in England, because this takes place in England, was writing her and she wasn't writing back. So this cousin was getting mm-hmm. progressively more worried about her. So he would write her these letters. Her husband would open them, read them, keep them. Oh, and then she's yeah yes and wouldn't give them to her wouldn't she give them to knew her the letters were supposed to be coming yes and she said well nancy was their maid nancy told me i got a letter today and yes. he's like well you were looking at the mail right here yes there's nothing addressed to you it's all addressed to me so he was taking these letters and he was hiding them so he was cutting her off from her family that's the only family she had left yeah. to be in contact with he was cutting her off by telling her she wasn't well enough to go outside without him mm-hmm. he sets her up at a public event so he's like let's go out tonight I want to spoil you. I want to be out with my wife. Let's pretend like it's the way things the word, used to be. But she can't find the brooch to wear. Yes. It. Okay. He says, but I want you to wear this, your favorite brooch that I bought you. And then as he's saying it, he's standing by her vanity and he takes it and puts it in his pocket. So yeah. he hides it so she can't find it. Right. So she's going crazy. and But she doesn't want to tell him she can't find it. Mm-hmm. So she says, oh, it didn't go with my outfit. Yeah. When he asks why she's not wearing it. And then he takes his pocket watch and puts it in his purse. Or in her purse, excuse me. They go to this piano recital, 
And they're sitting there listening to the music. And he leans over and says, oh, my gosh, Bella, my pocket watch is missing. And she's like, you probably just left it at home. So they're like whispering, trying to be real quiet. Because, again, this is the 40s. It's yeah. 1940. They're sitting in a, like, living room somewhere. Yeah. And this guy is just playing piano. So it's not yeah. like there's, like, a stage and lights and, you know, microphones and things right. to make things louder. So they're trying to be really quiet and discreet. And he says, I know I had it. And I had it in the cab because I looked at what to make sure we were on time for this recital. So then he's like, give me your purse. Let me see it. And she's like, stop it. Stop it. So he takes her purse and he looks inside. And of course it's in there because he put it in there. And she starts crying because she's like, I'm lo- I, I am losing it. Make this scene. Yeah. I'm losing it. So he has to take her out. I'm so sorry, everybody. The guy stops yeah. playing piano. Everybody's staring at them. I'm so my le- My wife is not well. I need to take her home. Right. So this is like setting her up for everybody who's around her to say, oh, mm-hmm. she's not well. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. I'm getting chills because this happened to me in my college relationship. Similar. Similar. That I would be set up in public to look like a crazy person. Wow. So anyway, I'm having full body chills right now. <laughs> wow. That is the synopsis of the movie. So there is a gentleman who sees her husband and he recognizes him, but he cannot put his thumb on it. He's like, who is this man? I know I know him. He starts asking around and then it comes to him. This is the man who killed the older woman, was, you know, accused and convicted of killing this older woman. He's been let out of prison. Like, this is him. Wow. But he was going under a different identity. He had a different name. So then he starts poking around to try to figure out how to prove that it's this guy. Um, So then he comes into her life, the wife's life, and is able to help her discern, like, you are not crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He is doing this to you. He's going to have you committed. Now is the time. Yeah. We got to take care of this. Spoiler alert, he gets arrested and is taken to prison. But yeah. Well, that's fine. I wasn't going to finish it. (laughs) So thank you. No problem. Um... I'm trying Homeland. Did you watch Homeland? I didn't. Okay. No. Well, well, Claire Danes is bipolar, and in one of the seasons, they switch out her pills, mm. and so what? her mania comes back, and she like loses. Who's her we? Shit. Who or they? Who? I can't out remember if it was like like she was like an opera. Like I don't remember if it was like her people or their people or. I, I really don't remember the details, but I because I was living in a bipolar world. Right. You paid attention to all that. I, all I was paying attention yeah. to was watching her spiral out because she thought she was oh, taking her meds and gosh. she wasn't. And that's just another example that they talk about in movies of like gaslighting mm-hmm. others. So, okay, so I did, and I'd never heard of this before, but this one article, and I wouldn't even say I would call this factual because I couldn't find it in any other places. But this all makes sense. They have six ideas of gaslighting. Mm-hmm. So one is countering, and that okay. means you're questioning someone's memories. Okay. Two is withholding. These are the people who are gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. And this is the one that, that hurt me a little bit because I do this as a defense mechanism in a bad situation. And so withholding is the refusing to engage and say, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mostly the refusing to engage. Like, I have had people say to me, I don't know what you're talking about when I... Clearly you know, they do. Clearly mm-hmm. they do. Trivial, trivializing. So you're belittle, belittling or disregarding another person's feeling. You're just, you're too sensitive. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Denial. <laughs> that hits me hard. Yeah. Denial, pretending to forget events and how they occurred. And then this is interesting because to me this goes and crosses over into red herring, but it's diverting. So changing the focus of a discussion that questions their credibility. So you could just say, oh, you just have another crazy idea from your friends or... 
um, I don't know, you think of something that that you could say to someone and they would just somehow discredit your ability to, like, even make that claim. Mm -hmm. And then stereotyping. So that's the idea that, like, it could be racial, political, institutional. They talked about medical gaslighting, which I thought was very interesting. Wow. And I What is that? I feel like my grandma, who just passed, went through that. Because she would tell doctors over and over and over again. You too. Yes. That something wasn't right. Yes. It has taken me decades. I'm almost 40 years old and I've been telling doctors since I was 17, something's not right. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's fine. And it was almost as if they played this right out of the playbook because this is exactly how it says ignores you because they think you're mentally ill. I am a huge proponent of all things antidepressant, anti-anxiety. I just want to say that. Mm -hmm. But my grandma went in and said, I don't feel good. Here are the symptoms. Mm -hmm. And they gave her, I can't remember what it was. It was not Lexapro, but something of that nature. Right. What? Huh? You know, just because, you know, they made her believe that she was crazy for saying that she had these physical symptoms. So medical is a big one. Um, There's one that you can do as a child or as a parent to a child, Mm. which is really, you know, um, yeah. So you can trivialize like what they're saying. Like, so if, um, I don't know. So if you're a grown adult and you say to your parents, like, I'm having a really hard time making it on my salary, my current salary. Mm -hmm. And they say, you have no idea how hard it could be or how hard I oh, had it. God. They're dismissing yes. it. You know, right. they're not even acknowledging what you said. They're basically like, so that was in the one article that was six possible ways of gaslighting someone. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's good for us to be aware of what that is mm-hmm. and to try really hard not to feel crazy. Right. But all that being said, and I know Sarah has more to say about these things. But for me, all that being said, all this research I did, I still feel like the biggest mindfuck ever. Like, I still feel confused. No, I completely agree with you. Like, I'm still like, wait, what? Because we don't, I think it's, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong in saying this. For myself, I think what it is is that it's, you don't want to believe that you would fall victim to something like this. So you have a hard time kind of wrapping your brain around like, would somebody do, like, how could somebody fall for this one? I can't do that to someone else, so I can't understand the logic of what's happening. So what I have found in my personal life of being gaslighted and then in the world of living with Trump is that it was just so much easier to just agree. Unfortunately. And and you're just like, yeah, you're right. But Mm -hmm. now it's to a point we can't. No, now I can't. Right. But I, mm -hmm. and I, and I wanted to do that. And that's why it's so hard now and that's why it's yes. so hard now mm-hmm. and and i just want to have a conversation with someone who doesn't agree with what i think or believes differently who isn't going to red herring and gaslight me yeah that's the goal and that's in my mind the way that we're going to come back together as a country mm-hmm. is to hear each other out without fucking with each other's heads yes Ooh, woof when I was reading this Psychology Today article, the thing that hit me most like a punch in the gut was that it said, and this article was written, just so I give proper proper credit, by Dr. Stephanie A. Sarkis. And it's in a, a Psychology Today, like I said, from July of last year. Or 2017, sorry. And it says that one of the most insidious things about gaslighting, and that word, I'm like, because that word is a very strong word. Right. The most insidious things about gaslighting is that it takes place over a very long Mm -hmm. amount of time. 
It's to the point it's where not one incident, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. to the point where you don't realize what's happening to you until it's too late. Yeah. So um, it's a slow process. So the person who's the victim doesn't even realize it's happening. That's like the big thing. I'm going to kind of go through sort of the same thing you did, the the methods. But this is the steps. These are the steps of gaslighting. And this is your personal experience no. or something you looked up? This is from Dr. Stephanie okay. A. Sarkis. Okay. So the first one is that, um, number one, they tell blatant lies. You know it's a lie. Mm-hmm. They know it's a lie. So why are they being so blatant? And this blew my mind. I did not know this. Because they're setting a precedent. Once they tell yep. a huge lie, you're not sure if anything they say is real. Real. So they're keeping you off kilter, which is the main goal. They want you off kilter and doubting all the time. That hit home. Yes. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Number two. They deny that was, they, a, that was a little trauma response right yikes. there. Do you want to like, talk about it? You know, and what we can decide to keep this in or not. I have a very hard time knowing to talk about it or not because he is no longer with us and he was so very sick. Mm-hmm. But his gaslighting game was probably the best. He was better than Trump. Mm-hmm. And and you just, by saying the blatant lie, hit something I'd never thought about. Like, it was never even sneaky. No. It was just a straight-up lie that I knew for a fact was false. But they were able to convince you to yes. either let it go or, or that, to believe that what they were saying yes, was true. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, they deny they've said something even though you have proof that they've said it. So they out and out deny so much that you start to question your reality. And the more they do it, you question your reality and accept theirs as reality. Number three, and I'm not going to start to give examples till now because I don't. I could take hours. Uh, number three, they use what is near and dear to you as ammunition. So the main thing that most gaslighters will start with is your character because and your identity because that is what's most important to people is your identity, who you are. So they will start to chip away at that, try to make you feel like your identity is either wrong or that you just need to change just in general. So here's my example, and we're going to call her Jill. So Jill and I were friends and... When I first met Jill, I had some reservations, but she was very, um, she was, uh, she was very strong with me. Like she was persistent. Mm-hmm. She wanted to spend time together. She was very complimentary of me. Like, I just think you're really cool. Like, I just really loved hanging out with you. You make me laugh. You're really funny. Like, I just would love to spend more time with you. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, maybe what I'm thinking and feeling gut wise is not right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to spend more time with her. So the more time I spent with Jill, the more she would start to bash the people that I was either starting to get close with, which would be Amy, mm-hmm. or people that I was already close with, which mm-hmm. would be my other friends that I am now starting to definitely reconnect with mm-hmm. on a deeper level, by saying things negative about them. But she would also do it in a way that would appeal to me in in my values. So I don't like to gossip. I don't like to talk bad about people. I um, And this is something that is is different about me now. I'm not like this anymore. But at the time, I was very into positivity. Everything had to be positive. And so I just wasn't into negative thinking. I wasn't into saying negative statements. I was very much like we discuss ideas, not people and things like that, which I am still too for that. So Jill would tell me um, (laughs) that the people that I was friends with didn't have the same values and so that I needed to like really rethink the people that I was talking to because our values were different. Mm. And so my argument with you was they're not different. We have the same values pretty much. If Mm -hmm. not just extremely similar, we have at least Mm -hmm. extremely similar, if not the same. 
And, you know, so she would actually try to say that the things that Amy was saying to me was Amy manipulating me. And I don't think I've ever told <laughs> you never this. Told I've never this. told you this because it was so, it was embarrassing that yeah. I would start to be like, well, maybe it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I feel, I feel very guilty about that yeah. and I feel bad about it. And so I've never said anything to you because it's, it's an embarrassing thing right. to admit. Right. So she would just try. So she, she worked hard on Amy. She worked really hard on you. I couldn't figure out what happened. Yeah. And we've, anyways, we yeah. figured that out in the. Um, we did figure it out. Um, and that's, you know, we're here. We're good. Whatever. Well, yeah. But mm-hmm. she did. She worked very hard. Do you have. No, I was just going to say Sarah and I are kindred. There, There is no. And I'm sure she found that to be like she was. Threatening. Um, threatening. Because, and we've had, we've had people who we've gone to get readings with who say (laughs) straight to us, you too. And this is back before we even like thought about this or even back to being friends because we had just got rid of Jill. Yeah. And just realized that the reason that we hadn't gotten close when it seemed inevitable and there was no reason not to, Mm -hmm. we were like, oh, Jill fucked us. That's, it was Jill. Because Jill on the other side is telling me the exact same shit. About me. About Sarah. Hmm. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just very, she tried to make Amy to be out to be like disingenuous and think like these things that I know for a fact are not true. Which is so funny. <laughs> yes. Like, anything, like but. things that just are so bla- like blatant lies. These mm-hmm. are blatant lies. So she was trying to do that and w- put a wedge in. So that was the kind of the beginning of it. She's, so that was how she started to cut people out of my life. And yeah. not maybe not necessarily cut them out entirely, but cut them out enough to the point where all of the time and 99.9% of the time that I spent was with Jill. And Jill wouldn't let anyone talk to you. It had to go through her. Which I didn't know either until And I was like, later. this is fucking weird. And you weren't the only one who said that to me. Yeah, I thought it was weird. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. why would Sarah want that? But I was like, okay. Yeah. She's like, I'll get you the information. So during all of this is when I was, and it, what Amy's referring to is that when I was diagnosed with cancer, she didn't want anybody reaching out to me. And so she would tell everyone, come to me and I'll give you the information. And so what that did to me was make me feel utterly alone. Oh my God, that's awful. And it made me feel like she was the only person who cared. <gasps> oh yeah. I mean, just think just about all this. Chills. Think about all this. I, my mind is... So she was doing it on both sides. She's pushing you away by saying she doesn't want to talk to you. Yeah. She wants you to come. I'll give, I'll distribute everything. And then she's coming to me and being like, you know, well, I'm just letting everybody know. Cause I would say, why, like, why haven't I heard from people? Why haven't I, I don't understand. Like, this is just weird. Like that was a big part of my, my cancer illness was that I was like, I just don't get where everybody is. Where is everyone? And she had an answer for it all though. It was like, well, but then she bitched about it on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. About having to be that person. Oh, I know. It's just so hard. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, I yeah. tra- I don't even know. Oh, just wait. Oh, God damn. This is from Dr. Stephanie Sarkis. Um, another method that they'll use is to attack you as a, if you have children, attack you as a parent. Oh, yeah. So she would come at me a lot. You don't spend enough time with your kids. Mm -hmm. Your kids need you right now, and you're not there for them. You need to be there more for them. And and then she would attack me as a parent with 
her child. I feel like you don't love my child. I feel like you don't give my kid enough love. You don't give my kid enough love. So I would question my parenting and it would make me feel like shit. This is all while I'm going through dealing with finding out that I have cancer and going through these, like, all the appointments and surgeries and all of this. This is this is why all, all this is happening. And all Amy wants to do is be her friend. Yeah. That's all I want to do. And I remember one of the most important things, and I think this was a turning point for you and me, is when you were like, I'm coming to an appointment with I you. I just was like, gonna. Fo- I was like, I'm kicking my way in yeah. here. I don't fucking know what's happening, yeah. but I'm pushing my way in. And I feel like you said that to me. I think you said to me, like, yeah. I'm not going to let you push back anymore. I'm coming with you. And yeah. I was like, I'm pushing back. And then I started, to, I was like, I didn't realize I was doing that. So I'm like apologizing to you. I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't because realize. Because she made it that she was the only one mm-hmm. allowed to go. And she wanted to go even above Randy. Oh, thousand percent. Mm-hmm. The keeper of yes, all the notes. The keeper of everything. So that was another thing. The big thing that just, this was another attack on my character and in my on my identity. Um, I was diagnosed on April 19th of 2018, which unfortunately was my daughter's fifth birthday. So I didn't even really get a chance to process it on that day because I was trying to celebrate Willow. Right. She's turning five. She's going to be going to kindergarten, yeah. you know, in the, in the fall and... It's a big deal. She's so excited about it. Mm-hmm. You know, she's super pumped. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to be there for my daughter and to be a mom and to worry about me as a person second and later. So April 20th, which is in case you don't realize it the next day, <laughs> we had an event that she and I sponsored together. This event was very hard for me. Because I was dealing with upsetting news. I didn't want to be around people that I didn't know. And these were all people that I didn't know, with the exception of a few people. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you were there for that one or not. I don't know what it was. But um, I can't remember because we had so many. There were a lot of people that I didn't know. So I was standing in the back room of the place where we were. And she came back and she was like, I don't understand why you're not mingling. You need to come out and talk to these people. That is why we had this event. That's why we're here. You need to go and have some interactions with people. And I was like, fuck you, I do. And I start, I was crying. I'm like, I can't even deal with my own life right at this minute. The last thing I want to do is be mingling around with right. people. Right. So that was like a big thing. She says to me, midway through all of this, so I was diagnosed in April. I had my mastectomy on May 28th. And then in like June or July, she says to me, you know, you're not the same as you used to be. Like you used to be so much fun. And you're just, like, not fun anymore. And this is when I started to be like, what the fuck? Like, I just fucking got my tits whacked off. (laughs) I was like, no shit, I'm not the same anymore. I'm never going to be the same anymore. And if that's what you're looking for, then go find somewhere else. Because I can't. And then about a week after that is when she, she sat me down and said, I've been talking to Randy, who is, if this is your first time listening, that's my husband. I've been talking to Randy and we have been researching bipolar disorder and we, and borderline personality disorder. And he and I together have come to the conclusion that you have either bipolar disorder or borderline personality disorder. So here's me. Fuck, do I? Yeah. So then I go to my therapist And I tell her that and she busts out laughing. (laughs) She's like, I've been treating you for two years. If you were bipolar or borderline personality disorder, I would have diagnosed you already. She's like, knock it off. Don't listen to whoever's telling you that. So then I go to my husband and I'm like, what the fuck, man? And he says to me, I don't know what you're talking about. So I don't know what she thought if I was just not going to like ask my own husband or whatever. But anyways, I did. 
Um, so that was another attack on my character. Number four, they wear you down over time. Like we talked about, it's, you know, a lie here, a lie there, a snarky comment here, a snarky yeah. comment there, and then it turns into something really big. Is there like, is it like the abuse cycle where there's this love in between? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sure is. Sure is. Because what would it be without that? I am utterly speechless mm-hmm. because I feel like one of the most confusing things was just like illuminated to me. But now I'm raging inside. <gasps> oh no. If you want to share, you go for it. If not, I get it. <laughs> share what? Like why you're raging. Why am I raging? Because you don't this, have to. This it's... is also the same girl that um, I think it was what, like the day after my husband died by suicide yeah. was like. Now, mind you, teaching booty yoga is the only thing making me not be in the hospital myself. Can trying to convince Sarah to take me off the schedule mm-hmm. the day after. Mm-hmm. So, so anyone that's listening needs to understand like where I'm at. I'm just now hearing this for the first time. <laughs> we all have this very first sense of rage, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, and I also know from all of the things I believe and read, not to give that energy that she, exactly that she doesn't deserve my energy, and I'm just grateful that before it was too late that we figured it out. Yes. So I had begun to figure it out actually a lot earlier on, and I think that's why we butted heads so much. Mm, so like when okay. you when you watch the movie Gaslight. Mm-hmm. There is no butting of heads because it's a different time. It's 1940. Women were not respected. Women right. were expected to listen to their husbands. They were expected, like, that was their place in the world. Well, now, you know, and I'm also a very big feminist. So for me to to have somebody trying to take power away from me is just not going to stand. So I started to figure this out a lot earlier on. So we would argue a lot, a lot. Because I was like, this isn't right. So then I would stand up for myself. And then about halfway through the argument, I'd find myself apologizing. And then when it was all over, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Right. What did I just apologize for? What happened? And But it wouldn't be right away when the argument would be over. It would be like a couple days later, I'd start to reflect back and I'd be like, okay, no, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. So then I would come to her and say, you know what? I was thinking more about what we talked about before. And... I just don't think that, you know, this statement was completely fair and it's been bothering me. It's been weighing on me. And I swear to God, I'm not trying to make myself look like a good person. That was literally how I would come to her with it. Okay. And it would be turned around on me to say, I'm so sick of this bullshit. We talked about it. It was over. Stop coming back to me after we've already talked about something and saying that you're upset about something. It was like rule number one yeah. for relationship with me and Jill. Do not come back and say you're still upset after we've already figured it out. Okay. Number five, their actions don't match their words. So then when you're dealing with a person or ent- entity that gaslights, look at what they're doing rather than what they're saying. What they're saying means nothing. It's just talk and what they're doing is the issue. I mean, that's been like a general rule for me with people in in general, but I think that it's harder when it's gaslighting because of the mental yeah. fucking that they're doing to your brain for you to realize it, you know? And, and another thing that comes to mind is, let's just say there is no mental illness. What are you gaining? Okay, so that was my question to myself. Are you gaining? This was my question to myself. I thought, what was the purpose? Why did Jill try so hard to do this to me? And... What it comes down to is when I read again, I read the the definition of gaslighting and it is a tactic which a person or entity in order to gain power makes a victim question their reality. 
So when she and I first started to become friends and we first started to bond, her biggest thing that she kept saying to me over and over again is, I can't seem to ever keep a relationship with another female. It always (laughs) seems to blow up. And I don't know why. So this might be unintentional. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like as as awful as all of the things that happened were, and keep in mind, too, like, this is my version of the story. I don't want to... Yeah, I can corroborate most of it, though. Yes, but it can be corroborated by you. It can be corroborated by my husband. Yeah. It can be corroborated by... She's not making it up. Right. Weird shit went down. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And so here's what you were asking about earlier. So number six, they throw positive reinforcement in to confuse you. So this person is cutting you down. They're telling you you don't have any value. And then they start to praise you. So then she would be like, you're so strong. You're so strong for fighting through this. Like, I'm so proud of you and all this stuff. And then And she'll be your biggest supporter. Biggest, yep. mm -hmm. In public. Yes. So then when we would have these events and we would speak Mm -hmm. and she would say something and I'd just be like, wow. She really does love me. She really does love me. She really does Mm -hmm, care. mm -hmm. Except that was all bullshit. Um, So then you think, well, maybe they aren't so bad. (laughs) I love that this doctor wrote this. Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) She says, this is a calculated attempt to keep you off kilter. And again, to question your reality. Also, look what you're praised for. It's probably for something that served the gaslighter. And I think back and I'm like, uh-huh. She used your cancer to promote... Promote her business. Uh-huh. And then back end, yelled at you for having the cancer. Uh-huh. Uh. Oh, my... I mean, it's... God. It's crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. my God, guys. Number seven, they know confusion weakens people. So gaslighters know that having a sense of stability and normalcy is a thing that people thrive off of, that that's like what makes people feel good. So their goal is to uproot all of that and make you constantly question everything, which is what I did. I spent like four years questioning my life because this is how long it went on, guys. And I consider myself to be an intelligent woman. I consider myself to be an independent woman. I consider myself to be a feminist and maybe I'm joking myself you know maybe I don't understand but but I spent four years going back and forth thinking Jill is my best friend she's the only person who I've ever had this kind of relationship with to and the only reason she was your best friend is because she didn't let anybody else talk to you precisely oh my god precisely she was here all the time I know all the time. So then my neighbors who I was close to were like, well, we don't get to see anymore and we don't get to hang out. Yeah. And they would say things like that, that to me and I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm always working. I'm always working. Yeah. I'm always working. Because when she would come over, we would talk about work a lot. Number eight, they project. They are a drug user or a cheater, yet they're constantly accusing you of drug using or cheating. They are doing it so often that you start trying to defend yourself and are distracted from their own behavior. Do you have any examples of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, my my brain is now onto this topic, so, like, I can't even think about my, my own – my, my head is just spinning. <laughs> like, you I'm know, sorry. and here's the thing. Sarah and I are super smart chicks. Yeah. So to get taken like this – It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And, you know, I always knew something was off, but I could never put my finger on it, and Jill made me think that the thing that was off was, was me. Sarah. Mm-hmm. But when she kicked Sarah out and I saw no change, I was like, hmm, that's weird. And then as soon as that happened and I stood up for that, guess what, guys? The next week she told me not to come back. 
in case you couldn't tell, it was a business that we owned together. Yeah. <laughs> that fell apart. Last one. They try to align people against you. And I think we've kind of nailed that down I, a lot. Yeah, they're masters at manipulating, finding uh, finding the people they know will stand by them no matter what. And they're using these people against you. They'll make comments like, this person knows that you're not right. This person knows you're useless yeah. too. And that's kind of more in the emotional um, abuser category. But it makes you feel like you don't know who to trust or to, who to turn to. And so another example, I'm just going to give one last one, was with my husband. I was sitting downstairs and Randy and I have always had the same phone. <laughs> Not, we don't share one phone. Yeah. We've always had the same like model phone, okay. whatever. So we always get confused on whose is whose. So I thought my phone went off with a text and I picked it up and I realized, I realized immediately it was Randy's phone. So I knew right away it wasn't mine. Yeah. However, I saw that the text was from Jill. Hmm. And I saw the first line of it saying, she's just so lazy, she won't do anything. <gasps> so I'm like, yep, open in that. So I read this text chain and I want to be clear that I had a very long conversation with both my husband and Jill and that he was being manipulated as well. Yeah, I believe it. Um, not saying that he was not in the wrong at all, but I am saying that I feel like part, you know, a lot of the reason why he participated in this back and forth with Jill was the manipulation that was coming at him. I had to be out for six weeks after my mastectomy. I couldn't do anything or work. So it was uh, right after that when I started to try to do stuff again. So if anybody has never had any life altering surgery, um, don't come at me. <laughs> um, she also told everybody else that Sarah was lazy. Yeah. So trying to physically recover from that is one thing. Trying to mentally recover from that is entirely different. And trying to emotionally recover right, from that right. still hasn't happened. I'm right. still emotionally recovering from I'm this. I'm sure. Yes. Uh, and that's a whole other episode. So when she texts my husband We say says, that a lot. <laughs> I know. We say that a lot. We that's I'm putting that on a shirt. That's a whole other episode. Oh, that's a great shirt. <laughs> oh, man. It's on our merch page. <laughs> Uh, which doesn't exist yet. 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 It's coming. You know, if she's not too lazy. Oh, sure. If I'm not too lazy. <laughs> get off, up, up off my lazy ass and just had too, a hysterectomy. If I'm not too disingenuous, <laughs> I might do something too. <laughs> so this back and forth, I actually wish, and, and we don't have these, we switched from Apple to Google or Android, so we don't have the phones anymore. Otherwise, I would go back and look at these text messages to read them to you because they were fucked up. And it was basically telling my husband how lazy I am and getting him to try to see that I'm lazy here too. And his, so in his defense, his responses were more along the lines of, I'm tired. Like I've been doing, yeah. I've been having to do yeah. everything for so long because of what's going on and it's, I'm exhausted. So I'm not going to wrong him for saying that because that's accurate. However, also I wish he, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. I wish he would say that to me and not. To Jill. But Jill was so good, though. Sarah. So good. Like, she was so good. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Randy's not at fault for anything. I'm just mm -hmm. saying, like, to everyone should know she was so good. Like, duped. Mm -hmm. She's also, like, way younger than us. Yep. And we got fucking duped. We did. And I think that that also has a lot to do with it. So I think that they're, to sum it up, mm -hmm. I think that wow. from Jill's perspective, she wanted that power over someone to feel like she was worthy. Yep. 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 Because she was struggling so hard with feelings of worth mm -hmm. and feeling like and she couldn't hold on. Inadequacy. Mm -hmm. She couldn't hold on to a relationship. Mm -hmm. 
with besides with her husband, like a friendship relationship. Mm-hmm. She was kind of like everything was more surface with her with other people. And when she would get deep in with someone, it would go awry. And I think that this was her attempt at getting that relationship she's always been hoping for. So in order to do that, I've got to stomp down this person and take complete power. That was my, that's my reading into it. I don't know this for sure. Yeah. And so it was like pushing you in a place where you're never going to leave. Right. But how could you? Because there's nobody left for you to be with. She she chose the wrong person. Yeah, bitch. She chose the wrong person to fuck with because I was onto her and it just took me way longer than it should have. Well, you had some other shit going on. I did. And and I'm not going to lie. She did a lot for me. But I feel like I am a firm believer that it was all part of the gaslighting. It was part of the gaslighting, and she wasn't the kind of person who did things without expectation. Without expectation of return, even though, and this is where it goes back to their contradictory statements all the time. Yeah. That was something that she would say to me a lot. I just want to be here to help you. I don't expect anything in return. Yeah. (laughs) But then within the next word, she'd turn around to someone else and say, Mm -hmm. she's lazy and doesn't do anything. I'm doing everything I'm doing everything. So anyways, that's my story of my platonic relationship that was a gaslighting story. And it took me, and I'll tell you what, our last conversation between me and Jill, I called her on it. I said, you've been gaslighting me for four years. And... I have never heard her be so angry in the time that I knew her. Her defense flew straight up and she was like, that's the most fucked up thing anybody's ever said to me. How dare you? That's just, and then she starts, that's just mean. That's just mean. She would immediately go to tears. Uh But she stayed cool as a cucumber for this almost two hour conversation that we had over the phone. Because she wouldn't do it in person. Well, she had her mom listening. She had her mom listening in. That's why. So can't do that in person. Have mom mm-hmm. tell you what to say. Um, and she was cool as a cucumber until I said that. Yeah. Because it struck a nerve. Because mm-hmm. it's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Boys and girls. Yeah. Be safe out there with your platonic and non-platonic relationships. This is shit that does not play. Mm-hmm. No. So I know that we're seeing it on a main stage right now. Yes. Um, Politically, but this is day-to-day life. Like, this shit happens. Sometimes it's because of a mental illness, and sometimes someone's just a fucking asshole. Yep. And so, you know, just just be careful. I mean, I think in any relationship, any anybody that's going to try to isolate you, mm-hmm. first like, sign that should be red like flag. red fucking flag. Yeah. And and the reason that I'm such a big proponent of having multiple relationships is because. You cannot be everything to that one person. Right. In a friendship or in a marriage or in a, as a boyfriend. Like, I, I mean, I could just use, you know, I could use either Mike or Scott, but neither one can be, could have been, or could be everything to me. The end all be all. Right. Yeah. Like, Sarah can't meet every single need of mine with a friendship. Mm-hmm. And if I ask that of her or of Mike, like, that would be too much. Too much. It would just be too much, and then there would just be a lot of, like, disappointment. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I, I do have a very small circle. So do I. Very small circle. But in that circle, I have um, people meeting various needs of mine so that it's not, like... And you meeting various needs to them as well. I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, disingenuous bitch. <laughs> you all should watch out. She's <gasps> coming for you. Damn. <laughs> I'm sure. Just, I need to clarify that Amy is one of the most genuine people <laughs> I have ever known. 
Which is why? Why would you? Because it's the blatant. It's, it's the, the lie. Blat- it's the blatant. It's the blatant lies. lie. She mm-hmm. didn't take like a. I do have a million faults, people. And, and <laughs> she didn't pick one of those. She picks like no, she, I am. Right. I am so genuine. Yeah. Like I will not ever to the point where it's like she's not gonna lie to you. No, ever, never, ever, ever. Like. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you straight. Yeah. And that is probably, like, the one thing you can't really say about You me. cannot. You cannot with accuracy say that at all. So it's interesting. She played the playbook. It's like she uh-huh. opened up psychology today and, and was, was like, like mm-hmm. uh, Okay, so uh. number one. <laughs> blatant <laughs> lies. Blatant lies. Okay, so yeah. let's start there. Yeah. How about we combine blatant lies and, ter- and pulling her away from other people? Yeah. That's, that's what good. we're going to do. Let's put those two together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a subject that we can talk about multiple episodes, I am sure. And we would love to hear, oh man, I would love to hear your stories. Yes, please, of, please um, do. Gaslighting, they can be anonymous. Mm-hmm. You can send them to us in an email and we can read them. You can send it into a voice um, memo. And we can play it. And you could send it over email and we can play it. I know that, you know, you might want to not have your voice recognized, so then you can email it to us. But I think more people need to hear stories of this so that I know there's people out there that are in these situations right now. Mm-hmm. And, and may not even realize it. And may it. not have even realized it and then felt like they could never talk about it. Yeah. Because that other person makes you feel so crazy. Yep. So if this is something that you've ever experienced, um, please do email us at unqualifiedtherapist um, at, gmail. at gmail.com. So we would love to hear that and, you know, with your permission, share that mm-hmm. anonymously. You let us know if you want us to use your name. You let us know if you don't want us to use your name, whatever Yeah, I mean, you might be at that place where you're like, fuck it. Fuck you, Jill. Yeah. I'm using your name. Because that's... <laughs> That's where I am. So, <laughs> it took yeah. Me, it took me a while to get here. Wow. Hopefully you guys gained a little bit of insight. If you have the chance and you haven't yet, listen to the uh, song Gaslighter by the Chicks. Yes. It is about her ex-husband who gaslighted the shit out of her yep. for many, many years. And they explain it quite a bit in the song. And you can look up an article where she has been interviewed to discuss that situation. And I think that also is a very good example. It definitely is. I love that song. I love that whole album. I wish so, we could play it for you here, but, you know, but, you know we can't afford to do that. <laughs> All right. So thanks for hanging out with us again. Yeah. We love feedback. I, it, it, get, it keeps me going. It keeps Sarah going. It really helps us to know that someone out there is enjoying this and also taking something from it. You know, you are not alone. We're right. here. We're here. Yeah, so DM us at Unqualified Therapists on Instagram or on Facebook at The Unqualified Therapist Inc. You can send us a private message there. You can email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. And like Amy said, I love that idea of doing a voice memo yes. and emailing it. And then we can have you on the show technically. Um, or you can just email us your story and we will read your story uh, either anonymously or if you want to be named, we can do that too can't forget to say this go check us out on patreon oh yes yes, yes. patreon.com slash unqualified therapists inc go there you get exclusive bonus content we're putting this one up on uh patreon tonight on video so you get to watch how weird we are Peace. we're just like making um, faces at the camera now and so we have <laughs> so along with mike and Sheena, we have kathy that is my very supportive mother thank you kathy and Lori, who is my sister so thank you Lori. we are so appreciative your coffee cups are coming they are 
Yes. So not only do you get bonus content, but you also get a coffee cup that says warrior on it with our logo as well. Yes, it does. Because you are all warriors. Yes. And stay tuned next week. We have my sister is actually going to be the guest, and she is a PA um, working with COVID patients. Mm-hmm. And she really just excited got her that. second dosage of the vaccine. So I cannot wait to talk with her and kind of hear from her perspective right. all the things that we can also figure out on our own. Yeah. Because so, it's all confusing. It is so confusing. So, yeah, we're going to have an expert there with us too for that. So. So we'll, we will see you next week, I suppose. Yes, Have a we great will. week. And thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. We will talk to you soon. See you next week. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Production and editing for this podcast by Sarah Simone. Our theme song was written and produced by Vince Cassis and performed by Sarah Simone. If you have a topic around mental health that's been weighing on you, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. You can find lots of bonus content, including exclusive episodes on our Patreon at patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. We are thankful beyond measure for your support there. Patreon and Apple podcast reviews are how we can continue to bring you episodes just like this. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Unqualified Therapist Sync. Until next week, warriors, remember, hold on, we're gonna make it.